Pete, the hair. Can we just talk about the hair? <laughs> Dee has finally made it to a hair, hairdresser um, and, uh, and the hair is on point. Oh, Thanks, really May. It's, it's, it's been a long journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm so lucky my journey. girlfriend cuts mine. Um, oh, so. I was lucky. I've got my appointment on the 17th and um, I am genuinely dreaming about it. It's genuinely in my dreams. <laughs> Mate, nothing, nothing compares, honestly. I feel like I've, every time I walk past, I got it done on Saturday, and every time I walk past a mirror for at least 48 hours, it genuinely shocked me. I was like, what the fuck? I'm scaring myself in a mirror. got to, because I remember when I grew out my previous crop, and it was when it started to like get over my ears that I knew it was <laughs> That's in it. Yeah. It's when it started to like, because I'd push it behind my ears, and I'd start to see it like here. I was like, I'm getting a fucking bob. This is like not. <laughs> I mean, not it got. Want. It was full on Justin Bieber for a minute. And I, then it, I actually think it was Nick Carter. You were like, were oh, yeah. hot Nick Carter. <laughs> yeah. It was, was. It was. It was. What's yeah. that, Ellie? You're lucky because your hair's straight. Mine's curly. So when mine grew out, I had a my fringe turned into one ringlet, which um, <laughs> was not was not a good look. I ended up having to do like a rockabilly phase with little bandanas and uh, I think that would look great that you, sounds though. cute cool yeah 16, 16 year old Ellie she she rocked that I'm not sure I want to I want to go back there um shall we introduce our guest yeah in fact oh, are, we, you... are we starting should yeah we start okay. yeah I we mean... always do this we're like talk, 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 talk. <laughs> it's like oh shit we need to actually start also talking. everyone wants to know about our hair situation guys I mean come on <laughs> we we can cut that in we can cut that in <laughs> Um, so welcome to everyone. Um, this is Slacks coming at you from the lockdown still. Um, we are three London lesbians uh, that talk about topics that we find exciting, um, moving and fun and boring and makes us angry and happy and all of the above. Um, and uh, yeah, my name is Mathilde. I'm Mallory. And I'm Darina. And today we have a very, very special guest um, and her name is Ellie or Eleanor Cruz. Um, and she is the author of an incredible graphic memoir that is about to come out. Um, and it's called The Times I Knew I Was Gay. Welcome, Ellie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Welcome, Ellie. Should we do a little round? I mean, we always do this for guests. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to translate through, like, amazing. Ellie is dabbing, everything yeah. happening. I don't know how our round of applause is going to uh, to translate through... Um, through Zoom, but we've done it now, so it's noise. Okay. I think any noise is celebratory, really. Unless Absolutely. I've been pushing the book in front of the camera, um, which nobody will see, but it is a beautiful book cover. I love the color palette. It goes perfectly behind this gorgeous blue wall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and I have to say, I mentioned this earlier. You really, you drew all the illustrations yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Because you really, you really drew yourself perfectly. It's like it's you. I mean, it makes sense, but also, like, before even seeing your picture after reading this, I was like, oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what I learned when I was drawing other people was that I just draw myself and then add, like, slightly different features. And I think a lot of artists and illustrators do that. You know, if you know what someone looks like and then you see drawings, you think, oh, actually, you've been studying your own face. Um, yeah, so... I'm glad. I'm glad you think I look like myself because I uh, I try very hard. 
Definitely. Yeah, and even earlier, when you were talking about your hair growing out and the curl and the bandana, um, I know that because I've seen it in your drawings. <laughs> yes. I know what you look like at 16, which is odd, but completely my head. The moment you said it, I was like, yeah, I know that exactly the drawing she's referring to. So it's funny. Absolutely. And Ellie, we're so glad and so excited to have you on the podcast. I know that all three of us have very, very much enjoyed um, reading your absolutely beautiful book. But am I right in saying that this is actually the third edition of the book that will be coming out on the 16th? Yeah, definitely. So um, it started as a zine um, in 2017, I think. Um, and I just made it because uh, there's a comic shop in Soho called Gosh Comics, uh, who they're very dear to my heart. Um, I used to go to my dad all the time. We still do. Um, and they asked me if I had a zine uh, because I knew the guys working there and they knew I was studying illustration and um, they didn't know anything about what they were going to get. I just said, yeah, OK, I can make a zine. And I'd had this idea brewing for a while. And I thought that, you know, it was going to be quite funny turning up with this little paper comic called The Times I Knew It Was Gay. Like, you know, they could have had anything from me. So it was just like sort of like big coming out. And um, and then it was published in 2018 by a small press publisher here in the UK called um, Good Comics. Um, and then about a year after that, I decided I wanted to go even bigger with it. And um, that's when I found my agent and uh, we, we got in touch with Virago. Has the book changed a lot from when it was the zine? Oh, com like completely. Um, the illustrations have adapted so much. Um, uh, initially, uh, when we were in talks with Virago, um, I think I was saying that, I was like, oh, I'll probably add like 20, 20 pages. Um, and the original book was maybe 140. And then it got suddenly got up to like 400 <laughs> and we were like well okay we need to cut this down it's like expanded so much um and as I was drawing I just decided that I wanted to redraw a lot of the old pictures um but I kept in some really um or some really special ones uh so yeah it's it's definitely you know if you read the original you're gonna get that you know the main story is still the same I still come out <laughs> you know that's that's the ending <laughs> you're gonna get a bigger journey um yeah. yeah definitely it's so good and honestly I mean I don't know if it's the hormones I don't know if it's the weather but I cried reading it I um, and I, it's crazy and honestly like I was going through it and I, and I thought okay this is like my story and then I kept on going and going oh my god oh my god and I don't know if you can see it but like I've been kind of like making <laughs> marks of like all the bits where I'm like this is me this is me this is me and then by the end of it I basically just destroyed your book I'm really sorry but it's like <laughs> full of like little marks um it's such a beautiful personal story but how does it feel to have such an incredibly personal story out there like I feel like I know you um, um, I feel like we have the same story like I know you and, yeah. and it must be quite odd to feel like everyone that reads this book knows so much about you yeah um I think the process like you know going back to the editions when I made the first one, um, not the zine, like the other, the first edition of the book, um, I was a bit nervous about sharing. I didn't really know how many people were going to read it, if people were going to like it, if I was doing a good thing. Um, but it was after the response to the first book that I thought, okay, everyone's being so nice. Um, everyone, like, it's so generous. People are talking about it, sharing it. You know, I want to give, I want to give more of my story. 
um because it can really only be a good thing um and there were definitely points where I had to speak with my editor and say you know should I put it in this way should we cut it down like you know do do we need to share this moment um and you know most of those times we said yeah like you know there's no there's no harm this is all nice stuff for for people to be able to to read and and you know see themselves in and, and if they don't see themselves maybe they see someone else or it helps them understand a part of you know a, a bigger culture um so yeah I think I don't really mind it's quite it's quite fun um you know when I when I bring up a, an anecdote if someone's read the book they can say oh yeah you know like like, like you were saying with the haircut you're like, well I know what you're talking about um so yeah I can only really at the moment I've only really enjoyed it yeah, and I think great. actually that that comes across really early in the book is your vulnerability that you express, I think, so beautifully um, in the book. And, and the very first uh, part that really resonated with me was probably within the first page and a half, where you talk about how growing up you had a feeling of having a secret mm. and you had that secret but I think you probably hadn't made sense of it. You weren't quite sure what it was. You just had that feeling, but you knew that there was something and you would know when the time was right to share it. And I thought that that was just, that just summed up my whole experience was I had a very like early awareness that I was, I was gay and, and from like five, but I still knew that the time wasn't going to be right to share it on our, until I was ready. But in your experience, like, where do you think that that even originated from? Because you didn't know what it was. You just felt this feeling. I, you know, I, I, I can't think of the origin of it because I just remember it for so long. Um, when I was rewriting I remember saying to my editor, oh, I was really gay in primary school and it was secondary school being so scary that pushed me into this closet because at primary school I was so, I was just so myself, like I wanted to be a goth and I liked ghost stories and I didn't, you know, I didn't really mind, nothing ever bad happened from me being different. Um, and then getting to secondary school I just knew that there was a difference and that I needed to to look after myself and that I was really scared of being suddenly seen for something that I wasn't even sure that I was but I, I didn't know that, that thing was gay but I knew there was like I knew there was a difference um and I think that that's something that still confuses me a bit I'm still not not sure how I um just had no awareness of it but then had this massive awareness of of, of needing to look after myself um so so that's probably quite a confusing answer um but that's I guess like you know the main thread of the book the times I knew um and all the times I went back into the closet so um, yeah. <laughs> in fact um we've we've all obviously the three of us have read it but for those people out there that haven't read it yet and uh, um are very likely to, to read it. Can we give a little bit of a recap of um, exactly what it's about? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, it's my sort of retrospective, looking back from the age of maybe about eight um, and trying to pinpoint all the times 
where I realized I was either living my like truth um, or, or keeping it closeted. And that's the main thread of the book, you know, times I knew it was gay. These are all the times, but then also you get a big look at what my life was like in general growing up and, and sort of how those two objects sort of collided in the forming of myself um, as an adult. Um, so I think that that's probably my best way of summing it up. It's very linear. You know, you're just going to go from one age all the way to, to the end, um, but with little little nods to um, like memories throughout. You know, there, there are standalone images um, that just show like a nice moment between me and my friends or my, my parents. And uh, yeah, so I think that's that's the best way of summing it up from, from myself. Yeah, I have to say, like, it's it's an incredibly easy read, which makes it super enjoyable. And I think that not just the three of us, but I'm sure that so many other, you know, um, gay people out there can identify with your story. Um, I think that coming in, going out, coming back in again is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, I mean, I even personally remember being 15, telling my mom that I think I might like girls. And then she's like, what? And I'm like, just kidding. Um, you know, and then I just suppressed it for a yeah. very long, long time. Um, and I think specifically, like the one thing that my man, I cried so much at this part. I was actually reading it to my daughter who oh. doesn't even understand anything right now. But the part where you came out to your mother. Um, yeah. And she basically just said to you, you don't like boys, do you? And it was just like such a beautiful, magical moment. You have really, um, really wonderful parents, it sounds like. And do you, so and what brother, I, your brother as well, and, his reaction was gorgeous. Yeah. And I, I guess like the one thing that struck me um, in your novel was that, um, you know, you, you were your own worst enemy in a way. And, mm. and actually your family, and your friends were super supportive of you. And I guess looking back uh, retrospectively, how, I mean, do you, did you ever feel when you were younger that you wouldn't have that support? No, I was so aware. I was so aware of how much um, love I had around me. Um, my family, you know, they're, they're amazing. And I wish, you know, I could put, I wish I could put them in every part of the book. Um, you know, my dad is a massive comics nerd. I wouldn't be writing comics if he hadn't been buying them for me my whole life. Um, my mum's a huge, you know, matriarch in our family. She's got the Italian heritage. She's brought all the food. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big part of um, our whole family. And then my brother is so smart, but so gentle. And I think that's what I try to put across in the book when I'm coming out to him in the, in the supermarket. And... Um, but, you know, also, I think growing up, <laughs> if we'd had a fight, I was definitely the person to throw the first punch. I was much rowdier than him. Um, but I I was just always so aware of, of the togetherness that we had and and the support I had from my friends. And I, re I really wanted to make that clear uh, right from the beginning that my friends were always supportive of my my changes and my you know flitting around and sometimes I wasn't sometimes I wasn't a very good friend uh you know I, I wanted to be really rock and roll and I, I didn't want to go to church and you know take part in 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 the things that were part of our um upbringing um 
but it was coming out that really let me suddenly like breathe and experience the love that everyone in my life was giving me and actually give it back. Um, I think my mom and I were having a conversation um, a few weeks ago uh, when I could finally uh, visit them again in the garden. And I was, and I, I was saying that to her, I was like, I was always so aware of how much you gave me, but coming out, let me completely enjoy that, that those feelings and, and actually give it back to you with confidence. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something I've hope, um, you know, that I hope has made its way into the book. Um, yeah. That's a lovely way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, what's their reaction been to, to you, um, you know, <laughs> bringing the book out? I mean, of yeah. course, it must have been aware of like the long path um, yeah. to getting it out there, but they must be thrilled. Oh, my, yeah. They're just, you know, completely over the moon, proud, um, embarrassing, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad um, will share everything I put on Instagram onto his Instagram. So I just get all these notifications like repost from Illustrate, re- you know, check out my daughter. And I'm just, you know, like, thanks, dad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, that just, um, it, it, it's, it's brilliant. I love bringing them with news. My mum always cries. <laughs> my dad oh, always, she's Italian. That's what we do. We yeah, cry. It's <laughs> just always emotional. Um, yeah, they're just, they just couldn't couldn't be happier and you know my brother is the same and I'm just I'm very lucky to have all of them it's it's brilliant one thing that I well I enjoyed many things about the book but um yeah one thing that I particularly enjoyed was the nostalgic references to MSN Messenger, firstly, I mean, who didn't have our teenage years somewhat shaped by the conversation, the intensity of MSN Messenger. Did you guys, Matilde, Mal, did you guys have MSN Messenger? Yeah, yeah. No, I had MySpace, guys. What about um, AOL, AOL chat? AOL I thought AOL was MSN. I think they're different, are they? AOL maybe I feel like yeah. I remember them being AOL maybe you're right They're different there they was AOL there was MSN Messenger and then if you were a bit nerdy there was ICQ oh <laughs> ICQ. <laughs> I just had, I had ICQ <laughs> if you were on ICQ you got an identification number and not a handle it was very nerdy but yeah of course I had MSN Messenger and it took up my entire you know teenage years but also Buffy the Vampire Slayer I'm gonna hold my hands up I did not have a Buffy phase I never watched it I was so happy that Buffy <laughs> Vampire Slayer made it into your book I was like I didn't realize that it was such a big show over here because in America it was like it was massive like all of my friends and I were absolutely obsessed we all pretended to be different characters I mean I had such a huge crush on Buffy um I you know she's still such a babe she hasn't aged a day she is a vampire um (laughs) and uh yeah no I love I absolutely love that yeah no Buffy Buffy was such a Oh my god! Just the most important thing. Like in the book, my friend Cecilia, she uh, she introduced me to it, and I remember being at her house and her mum having to ring my mum to say, "Oh, you know, Cecilia wants to show Ellie uh, this show. Is she allowed to?" And my mum just being like, "Yeah, her dad shows her stuff like that all the time. Don't worry, she's watched Conan. She's watched anything <laughs> nerdy and um, you know, 
fantastical. Uh, and I was just hooked from there. My dad would um, record it for me. You know, I can't remember what, what day it was on, but it was on Sky. It was sponsored by Skittles. And, uh, <laughs> and that was it. And we'd have it on the VHS. And then, you know, there would come the weekend, I'd watch whichever episode or however many there were um, and catch up with, with my dad. And then my mum finally got into it as well. You know, at the beginning, she was like, what, what is this show? I, I don't want to watch vampires. And now suddenly it's the most important show to my whole, to my whole family. Um, that's why at the beginning of the book, to um, you know, to my parents and to my partner, it, it says, "What well, can't we face if we're together?" Because uh, that's just that just sums us up very well, I think. You think I, um, I, I mean, obviously, didn't get the Buffy reference because I've never watched Buffy, <laughs> but I don't doubt the importance of it because I know that it was one of the first. Was it late nineties or was it early two thousands for Buffy, or was it kind of? Yeah, I I think it was one of the first like depictions of a lesbian romance in you know in any sort of mainstream television, which was huge at the time. And and I wonder for you, um, you know, having maybe even just the earliest awarenesses that maybe you were gay, what was it like watching that with your parents? Because I remember watching anything that was a little bit gay with my parents and just wanting to run and hide, and they wanted to run and hide. <laughs> and like my dad was reading his newspaper and my mum would like be like, where's the remote to change the channel? And like that stuck with me because I was, I felt that shame. Like I yeah. felt like this isn't okay. But like, how, what was that like for you? Well, I think that in you don't really see much like actual like sex. I, I don't think you see any between, yeah. between Willow and Tara. Um, it's sort of suggested in the musical episode. Um, and then otherwise it's just like kissing. Mostly actually between them, it's just a really loving, intense relationship. So I completely know what you mean because I had that and sometimes still do with you know any sex scene in general. We've got a joke in our house that's like you, mom and dad or I always walk into one of us as soon as the sex is happening on the telly. <laughs> um, but I didn't have that with Willow and Tara because I think you know, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't something that we saw on TV that much. And Buffy was kind of the only adult show that I was watching at the time. So for me, it was just what Willow and Tara did. You didn't see that much anyway. Um, and so it was just kind of amazing. And I loved them. And I just drew comics about them all the time. And, and, I, and I think I just held them in my head as this like beautiful, lovely, happy couple but kind of didn't understand that they were a couple. And that's what I tried to unpack in my book, which was that, you know, we didn't discuss them outside of the TV show. So I just loved them within the confines of the, of the show. Did you feel like that their relationship helped you to realize that you're gay? I think, unfortunately not. I think because once I come out, I, you know, I was so because I came out when I was 21, I knew that they were gay. You know, I'd watched it so many more times. I, it wasn't something that like, I was like, oh, they're gay, I can be, I'm, I'm gay, which I think would have happened if, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I was more likely to have that moment. Um, but having the knowledge of their relationship definitely supported me in my, in my coming out, I remember. Um, in, in the flat that I was living in in the book um, 
you know, my, my one of my flatmates, she started watching it for the first time. And um, she got to this point and I looked at her and I knew exactly what had happened. And I'm not going to say it because you haven't, you haven't seen it, <laughs> but I knew exactly what had happened. And, and it was so emotional and, and it was just such a lovely moment to share. Um, but no, I don't think, I'm not really sure if there was any, any pop culture that actually sort of, you know, ticked that box for me in my head. It really was something that I just had to like work out internally. Mm, yeah. And I think so, we've actually um in our in our last episode we we actually covered some similar themes and we had um Verona C. Titley as our last um guest and we talked about um queer representation in the media. And we really struggled to come up with anything really before like, I mean, the obvious, the L word that would give you the whole like, oh my god, maybe I might be gay. Yeah. So I think like Buffy as, you know, having not really seen it, but my interpretation being just like this real innocence of a relationship, even though you you see them kiss, but you don't see anything beyond that. Um, I think was really, really important just to feel that kind of normalization, I think, mm. as well. Didn't Buffy the Vampire Slayer come from like some weird, like B-movie? So like, it wasn't like an original show. No, no, it was, it was an old film that Joss Whedon developed. Yeah. Which is always such a weird thing to remember. Because he yeah. just made this universe, but actually he worked off of this. I haven't actually seen it, but it looks terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I feel like it was absolutely I, terrible. Like my yeah. my friends and I, we had like an obsession with. Um, have you ever seen The Craft? Have you heard of The Craft? I I know it. I wish I watched it, but it, I just haven't. It was kind of like similar yeah. genre. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is absolutely awful. I would never recommend watching it. <laughs> Show Marky Mark in it. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I saw it so long ago. So long but ago. We had charmed and that people I would be so annoyed when people at school were like, Oh, you like Buffy, I bet you like charmed. And I'm like, Charmed is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely still watch Charmed during like school holidays when nothing else was on, because witches, you know, that, that's what I want. Um, but yeah, Buffy but Buffy is massive like I, I know so many people that have full-on Buffy tattoos really yeah still many many yeah yeah loads. yeah 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 people in their 30s yeah 100 yeah. it's it's it really like it really got to people yeah um, because <laughs> still in the, in the loft <laughs> but I, <laughs> I won't give those ones away no Buffy tattoos for you then no, yet no like, Eight tattoos, but none of them Buffy yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I wanted to. I really wanted to talk about the concept that um, you discuss, where it's like sometimes you live in a closet, sometimes it's more of a clothes rail. Yeah. Can you tell, talk us through it? Because I thought it was it was brilliant, actually. So that was just something that came to me. Um, you know, just kind of like from scrolling through Instagram, you you know, you always see those like emotional videos of like some family moment. And I just kept seeing ones of people coming out uh, and the parents saying like, oh, honey, we knew. And I was like, oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> no one, no one knew apart from, apart from Cecilia. When I, when I told her, she was like, I knew it. I always knew it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was kind of that. I was like, oh, there are people who, you know, kind of wear it on their sleeve. And then when they come out, 
everyone's like, yeah, they, you know, we knew we were just waiting for you to be ready. Um, so that's where the idea of the clothes route came from. And I was like very much in a closet. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. I guess I interpreted it in a way of sometimes this kind of coming out is this kind of big, like, um, you know, this big moment where like everyone's really shocked and everything. And sometimes it's more like, or like it, it almost sort of shocks yourself and, and, you know, you've kind of had boyfriends before and then like you're completely the other way. And then actually the clothes rail to me, I really recognize myself in it where it's just kind of, it's always been there in the back of your mind and you've kind of, all, it's almost like you don't need to come out because in your mind, that's just the way you've always been. And you don't, I don't know. I think yeah, I interpreted it slightly that, differently. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, it, it's always been something you understood. So you don't understand the, the, the need for coming out because it's not, it's not like, oh, I've realized this thing. Now I'm going to tell everyone. Yeah, but then at the same time, like I always kind of understood it, but I never quite questioned it so much as to yeah. go, oh, I guess it would be so much nicer if, my life reflected what goes on in my head yeah. instead of kind of having what goes on in my head one way and what I actually do in my life mm. a very different way and then when I actually finally put two and two together very late in the day at 30 um I was like oh yeah this is nicer oh yeah this is a lot better <laughs> oh yeah this is uh yeah this is it this is, is this is the stuff yeah um and it's not that I hadn't met the right guy. I just, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how the two things kind of, um, yeah, yeah I, I just didn't think um, that I needed to live that truth. I just thought, mm. oh, it's just going to be like a lovely thought that I go to when I'm feeling stressed out. And then I, I can just kind of, or like when I need to be turned on or whatever, I can just go to that little <laughs> hidden place in my head and it, it works every time. Yeah. <laughs> like a little lesbian filing cabinet yeah, in your head. Exactly. <laughs> it's nice and it's tidy away and then I can yeah. I just know that that one is the well, jackpot every time um there's the, the part in the book where I was curious um because everything is obviously true that you've mm. written in the book and there was the section where you came out later and mm. I loved how you said you came out saying you were gay to yourself like on you know at some points on the tube and then in your home to your bed to the walls is that actually something that you did um so telling like telling the walls and stuff that was very much just like an illustrative yeah thing I was like oh that that will look nice but I did I did say it out loud to myself um I remember being on the tube going to university and thinking about Willow and Tara and I think I'd just been looking at the guys around me thinking like who's attractive here is anyone attractive here and then I just thought oh I'm just really gay yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm gay and then, and then it just like left my head <laughs> and um, it would just keep happening like that. Like, and then I started saying it out loud and, and seeing what it felt like. Um, and then, yeah, you know, once, once I've um, decided that it, that it, it was true um, and I was in, staying at my, back at my parents' house and um, I did, I did say it out loud to tell my room. And I think I was also kind of practicing because I knew they were coming home from holiday that evening. And I was like, okay, got to get ready. The, the house has got to know. I know. My brother knows. We're all here. <laughs> now mum and dad need to know. I um, really loved it. I, I thought it was super honest. And to be honest, I did something really similar when I came out because I was in such disbelief about being gay. And I'm like, well, I wonder what it sounds like to say it. Just mm. to say it out loud to myself. Yeah. And, and if I say it out loud, it's kind of true, but no one else can hear it. But I know mm -hmm. it. 
you know what I mean? And I think that's so, that's so it's the disbelief. And yeah. I think I felt that when I was, I remember saying it out loud in the shower and being a bit like, oh, oh, oh my, <laughs> I'm gay, I'm gay. Like this, this feels nice to say. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. But it's yeah. again, I think it's that kind of meeting of your internal world with your external world. Mm. And that bridge is, is your words, your voice. Mm. Mm-hmm. I really love that bit. Um, I also love the bit of the, first, the last hetero date. Mm. Yeah. And how like that guy was just perfect. Just yeah, perfect. he was. Ticked all of the boxes. Yeah. Um, sorry, you, you tell that moment. I oh, love that bit. So I was on Tinder. Uh, I was actually on holiday. Or maybe, or maybe I was about to go on holiday and I found this guy. And as I say in the book, he was tall. He was older than me. He had a job. He rock climbed. He hiked. He cooked. And I was like, wow, Perfect. this is what I've been saying to everyone. Like, oh, no, he was nice, but he didn't have X, Y, Z. I was like, this guy has everything. And I'd already been going through this process of saying like, I'm gay to people and to myself and like, you know, to my housemates. And um, I thought, OK, I'm going to test it. You know, if I'm gay, then this date isn't going to work. Um, and poor guy, I had a lovely time. It was really nice. Um, but when I left, I was just like, cool, I'm gay. <laughs> that, that was great. But that was like hanging out with my brother. I had a lovely time. Uh, but it's not, you know, nothing more. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's a lot what it takes. That was, um, that was a very fun thing to draw. Um, and speaking of drawing, sorry, really quick, just because it's on the same topic. Um, I I work in illustration and animation. So I was I was obviously very, and I work with loads of different storyboard artists and things like this. So I was really particularly interested in your illustration style. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you kind of crafted over the years or is this is this kind of like your natural way of drawing or where, where did you kind of pull the inspiration from? Um, so... When I was studying at university, I really didn't have a style and it was very frustrating. Um, and then it was at the end of my second year, um, but I'd already been at university for three years because I did a foundation course. So I'd had like three years of not really knowing like the way I wanted to draw. Um, and I was sketching for something and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do a shit drawing and then I'll do the proper drawing. And I looked at the, the shit drawing and I thought, oh, I like, I like that, that looks nice. That was really quick. Maybe I can try this out in, in you know more like in a more committed way. Um, and so that's kind of where that style just suddenly developed from. And it was so it was so amazing to to feel and and it also coincided with my coming out. I think I just I was like I just relaxed and 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 suddenly I had this way of drawing in it. And it's completely changed since since then. Um but it's, I still draw it in the same way. It's just that my style has got, just gotten better. But I remember this moment of just thinking, wow, that's how I draw. I don't need to do it anatomically, like, correct and jaw lines and nostrils and everything. And I can just draw these little characters and I still get, I get a lot more emotion from them yeah. than I do from my much um, stiffer drawings. These drawings were actually for me. I mean, I really love your illustration style, and and it it it's kind of reminiscent. Did you ever watch the show? It used to be a Nickelodeon show in America. It's called Doug. Have you ever heard? Oh of it? yeah, Doug. I my dad said that before about it. It, it does. Yeah, some of the illustrations really remind me of some of those characters, which made me feel even closer to like the whole story because obviously Doug took place in what what are they primary school and high school, I think, and I think just like those types of characters and um you know their interactions it it just it yeah it is it is kind of similar but anyway it it, they're great illustrations and I think they were kind of perfectly paired with the story so 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not actually a style I'm working in for my next book because I think it's so it's such a like personal style I can't really imagine drawing a book that is fictional in, in that way so um it's yeah my next book's not going to look anything anything like Times I Knew Was Gay which would be are you are you allowed to talk about your next book at all yeah yeah so um it's called Lilla the Accidental Witch um and it's coming out with little brown young readers uh next year so so that's um that's the sort of like base of it it's about girl going on holiday finding out some things uh there's a cat <laughs> she's ginger yes. italy <laughs> is you know, it's a bit um bit auto fiction but uh uh yeah it's uh it's fun I, I'm, it I'm sounds really, really fun which is and it's Two, two favorite things. It's been quite. Uh, it's been quite hard drawing it during lockdown because there are points where she's eating really nice food, and I'm sitting there like, oh, focaccia. I, I really want some focaccia, <laughs> like you know, pizza that I didn't make myself, and like, yeah, be be sitting outside in the sun. So, uh, yeah, that's the second. Year, which, um, be quite quite a different read. Hopefully, it's a amazing younger, uh, age group. It's like a middle grade uh, graphic novel. Cool. Great. We'll look forward to that, Lee. Um, just back on the the times I knew I was gay, I particularly enjoyed as well your um, your stories around your early experiences of online dating with women, mm. and how there was this real feeling that came across of like you had you were dating boys, and then you were like, no, actually, I'm gay, and I want to try dating girls. And how there was that, I think, really logical expectation from you that, oh, this is well, this girl, this is gonna be easy. Mm. And it just wasn't. No, no. Um, it was so strange. I remember that so the first date I went on, um, which I've illustrated in the book, I remember meeting up with her and thinking, Oh, you you kind of remind me of my friend from secondary school. I don't wanna really wanna be on a date with that friend. I'm very I'm a bit confused right now. Uh, what do we talk about? Like, how do, how do I engage with you in a way that's like sexy and cool and, and flirtatious? Because I I really just I don't know how to do, how to do it. Um, you know, uh, the way that I spoke to guys was so um, rigid and, and and confused and a bit like uh, like mean sometimes I was a bit of like a mean flirter and. Um, it was just really strange to suddenly be in a situation and think, oh, actually, I want this to work. <laughs> I, I want my flirting to go well. I don't want to kind of push them away. Um, how do I do this? Uh, and I just really had to relax, relax into it and um, allow the bad dates to, to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And you then go into talking about how you met T. Yeah. Uh, in the book and how I loved that you were like, if she doesn't like me back, I'm deleting the app. Yeah. That's going to be it. Everything yeah. is going to go up in smoke. It's going to be terrible. But it started to work out. And it was such like you could almost feel it coming across in the book, just like this, all this light started to kind of come in and just this really beautiful feeling of like things starting to make sense for you. That's such a lovely way of posting it. Yeah, she doesn't believe me. Uh, it, took her, it took her a while to believe me when I said that I saw her picture and I was like, she doesn't like me back. I'm, I'm deleting this. I'm done. <laughs> I'm fed up. Um, yeah, I was really, really lucky to to meet her. I was actually her first ever date. Um, 
on a dating app and it just it just worked out and I think what what I realized when I went on a first date with her was that we were having like a proper conversation and and I wasn't worrying about being about about the way I was flirting you know I I maybe I you know I'd had a few more a few dates before then and and I was sort of a bit more like okay I'm just going to try and relax and I definitely you know I definitely I probably came across quite um frantic because I was nervous but the more that we saw each other um it just I just realized like, oh, this is a nice way to be I, I don't need to have like a front to to, to the person I'm, like, I'm trying to get a, like get myself across as um I can just I can just be me um and she really gave me she she really gave me that space to just relax into myself um when we were dating and well we also together I mean like you know dating like actual dates and um yeah really lucky just just lovely and I'm, I'm so glad that you think that has come across in the book because I really wanted to make sure that was a that was a strong a strong way of ending it absolutely and what was particularly beautiful I think about that um that period in the book as well how and and I know you did this at other points in the book but, but these really resonated with me how you would have illustrations with with no words and you just absolutely could feel what that would have felt like when you and Tia sat at the dinner table with your family and everybody's just looking really happy and excited to meet her and when you guys are lying in bed watching something on a laptop and like you know and then your partner is reading and you're just lying next to her and there are no words but it just like absolutely we all remember those times especially you know in your first relationship with your first love and it was it was really 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 beautiful I think yeah yeah I, just so um I, I loved getting to that point in the book because I could just completely relax and just enjoy thinking about getting across you know these very new memories uh and I wasn't thinking like okay how does this work for the story because it you know we were so close to the end I was like this I can just love I can just love uh getting this across and and also it gave me that space to to remember what it was like when she first came around for dinner because you know we, pro- we both probably remember it as like quite stressed because it was you know you, you can't really help but be a bit anxious when that happens and um it was so nice to draw it in like a fun and like loving way and be like oh no actually that went really well and we all really enjoyed it and you were amazing and uh yeah I'm just I I loved I loved putting those bits into the book it was such a treat uh for the ending I think the nice thing about the book in general is that like I can honestly say that a lot of the circumstances that you went through I felt like I had so many parallels with you and um and I think that for me coming out, because the majority of my coming out was really in London. So I was uh, 23 going on 24. And um, and I just remember those times of going on dates and being called a baby dyke and like really hating that and feeling like, mm. that sucks. Yeah. Like going into like the lesbian scene as well can be super intimidating and just, and, and, and as well, you illustrated really beautifully, I thought, um, the the idea of once you're coming out of actually dating somebody and then and just because you're gay doesn't mean that everybody yeah. gets along like you have to actually have a connection with somebody yeah. um, and I think that you know yeah I just think it's a really nice book that everybody should read because it it took me down memory lane um you know quite deeply I have to say and I think that in general yeah it's just such a beautiful book and I I really really enjoyed reading it and I'm really looking forward to your next one Oh, thank you so much. That's, that's so lovely to hear.
Um, both Mal and I have daughters, so that's going to be there waiting for uh, for uh, our daughters to be able to read, and then they can finally like read that one. Yeah. And obviously, we'll read it first. <laughs> yeah, actually, our uh, my wife, I was reading um, the bit out loud about you coming out to your family, and um, and my wife said, and, and if you like boys, that's great. Like you don't have to like girls. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, yeah. this whole thing. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're just excited about it. Um, but if there's anything that you wanted to share, like for people to find you, where can people buy your book? Um, can you share yeah. anything? Yeah. Um, so you can get you can get the book online from um, Foils and Waterstones. In Is the that UK. out on the 16th, isn't it, of out July? 16th. Yeah, so you can pre-order now. Um, so yeah, for UK listeners, um, out on the 16th of July, you can get it from foils and waterstones. Um, lots of like indie shops are also stocking it. If you look at my Instagram, which is at illustrate, um, I've got a highlight on my stories, um, of bookshops I recently visited who are hopefully going to um, be stocking the book. Um, for US listeners, it's out um it's out I can't remember <laughs> out on the 6th it's out on the 6th of October um and you can pre-order it from um shops like Barnes and Noble um and there'll be other indie stores near you also stocking it lovely Barnes and Nobles is a big one in the states yeah <laughs> um I also noticed on Twitter that you've been doing quite the tour of uh, the bookshops on your bike yeah, yeah, that was lovely. Um, I did that with my um, my editor from Virago uh, called Rose. Um, I did that um, this week. Uh, my partner came along as well, um, Tilly. She um, she did all my social media, um, and we cycled around, and it was just so nice to see London again, and you know, go to places. And I thought you know, we got to Marlborough, and I thought I haven't been here since Christmas. This is, <laughs> I felt like a tourist. <laughs> um, it was just so. Um, it was also very. Um, very like sort of relaxing because I'd been so anxious about going so far from home um, with the lockdown here. And it was really nice to, to get home and think, okay, I've been really safe. I know that I've kept to my standard, but I've also enjoyed being outside. Um, so it really helped sort of quell that anxiety of going back out onto the mean streets of, of London. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, so that's, it looked really fun, mm, and I love that you're wearing orange as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. bit of a uniform, <laughs> put on as much orange as possible. You read the book, you'll understand orange, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah, we won't tell you why. <laughs> yeah. If people wanted to find you on social media or Twitter, how can they find you? Um, so I've got the same handle for Instagram and Twitter. It's Illustrate, um, like Ellie Illustrates, Illustrate. Um, and no, as in not gay. Sorry? <laughs> not as in straight, not gay. No, it's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> that will be <laughs> confusing. No, that be very confusing. <laughs> That's really, how straight she was before she came out, guys. Even her handle said it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that one that one happened after after the coming out. Otherwise, I might have changed it. Ellie Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Ellie, you've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on Slacks. Uh, the Times I Knew I Was Gay out on the 16th of July in the UK via Virago Press. And Ellie, enjoy the rest of your lockdown. I mean, what else can we say? Yeah. Thank you.
you so much for having me. This has been an absolute delight. Um, I'm sorry we couldn't record in person because uh, I feel like we would have had a lot of fun. <laughs>